the wife, a mother to two, and she is excited to share with us this morning. So. Morning. How is everybody this morning? Some little faces I recognize. This is so fun. Thank y'all so much for having me. I would. Can you hear me? Do I need it? I might wander around, y'all. I used to. I can. Oh, then I will stay right here in this, or I'm gonna get it going around. Um, on the way in, I was remembering it. Um, I used to come here for mops, and it's been a while because I have bigger kids, but it was just such a blessing to get away with other people who are going through the kind of same season that you're going through, who understand, you know, kind of what it's like. And so, um, as Nikki said, my name is Meredith Ogburn, and I grew up here. I graduated from Central High School, and then I moved to Texas, and I went to school at Texas A&M University, where I met my husband. And so if any of you are from Texas or know people that are from Texas, they don't move away from their state. So what happened was we had a couple kids. We lived in Dallas. It was a fast-paced life and situation, and we started realizing we wanted a, a different lifestyle. And so when our youngest daughter was, she had to have a Texas birth certificate. So we moved when she was three weeks old, and I nursed her in a Walmart parking lot, like somewhere in Arkansas, and making the, you know, the trip up. And um, we have lived here ever since. And so that was, um, we just celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary. And we have two kids who are 17 and 20. So a junior at Central, and then a sophomore at Mizzou. And so, um, as she said, I own my own small business. I founded it in 2008. It's an interior design business called Catalyst Design. And um, it's been really fun. It's been really fun. It is fun to pick out pretty stuff for people. And the interesting thing about it, if I can just take that here quickly, spiritual, is that it also gives me an avenue to be in people's personal space in a way that not everybody gets. I'm standing in people's master bedrooms while they're fighting about money, and I'm, you know, I get to bring the presence of the Lord. So even though the work itself isn't all that glamorous for the kingdom, it can be glamorous for the kingdom. I also found Abundant Free Ministries in 2017. We are a non-denominational, we're multicultural, we're a spirit-filled ministry, and this is our um, mission. We're creating warriors for the kingdom. I think the enemy has done a really good job of convincing we gals that we're not important or of high value when actually the word of God says that we are ferocious warriors. And through Christ, we can get some stuff done for the kingdom. And so we encourage people to go deep and get these real relationships that aren't religious in nature, but are very relational, these real relationships with the Lord. And we write Bible studies, and we host events, and we host retreats and conferences, and we do weekly blogs and vlogs, and I've got a little team of about 10. We're all bivocational. Everybody has another job. We're from like seven different churches, I think, the 10 of us represent. It has just been an awesome blessing and hard, because y'all know that the work of the Lord is hard. You just got to look at your little people to know that, right? 
So here's what I was talking to my husband, and I was like, oh, gosh, you remember, like, this week I've been on this journey. Do you remember what it was like when our kids were little? I mean, this is so fun. And he said, you know, what would you summarize if you could give them one point? Because I know some of you are tired, and this may be the only thing you're going to hear me say, like, the whole morning. But the one point I would say is that we have two different children with very different needs and very different personalities and very different strengths and very different weaknesses and if I would have known how it was going to turn out, I would have stressed less. So if you take away nothing else that I say, just know that God has a way of having his hand on you and those precious children that he created that he loves more than you do. And if we believe what Jeremiah 29, 11 says, then it says that God has a plan for them that is to prosper them and not to harm them, to give them a future and a hope. The same plan he has for you, he has for them. And, you know, we had a, there's a lot of mess ups. If you're, if you, you know, there's a lot of wins and a lot of losses in the parenting column. And I know that you know, I mean, you know, even if they're one, even if all you have is a one-year-old, you know that like there's a lot of wins and losses just in 12 months. But imagine like with our 20-year-old and he was actually diagnosed with autism, uh, Asperger's syndrome, at, right as he was turning five. And that definitely transformed our family and put us on a different course. And you want to talk about wondering how it's going to turn out we had no resources in Cape when he was diagnosed. There was not an autism center. There was nowhere to go except to St. Louis. And we struggled for years. Like now it's really good. He's in college, y'all. He is in college. He lives in an apartment with his buddies, and it is different. Like he is still Asperger-ish. But he's like, the Lord has done this amazing work in him. And if I, would have, if I would have trusted more, I would have stressed less about it and let more things go. So we all know wins and losses, and I was kind of thinking through them. Like, Libby taught herself to ride her own bike in the garage because we were busy with Miller one day. She taught herself to ride her bike. I've, been, I've told her a couple of times, like, we'll, we'll pay for your counseling <laughs> if you need us to. And one time, a husband in frustration overhand pitched the dead hamster into the woods across the street. No funeral. No burial, just in the dead of night. He threw it in the... And one time at a church event, our four-year-old cussed in the bouncy house. And thank goodness my sister and her husband were the ones at the church event monitoring the door of the bouncy house. And they came over and they were like, you're never going to believe this. Like we need to... And then at the end, after we were like, oh gosh, she said, well, at least he used it appropriately. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not sure we should feel good about that, but we all know these are real. I mean, this is kind of real life. And so, you know, sometimes I've, I'm too distracted and other times I'm too engaged. You know, I think I'm setting a good example for my daughter as a business owner. And on the other hand, that business sometimes makes me be distracted. And I think we've been very honest with our kids. And sometimes I think we've been too honest. And one of that includes telling, we told um, our youngest daughter, there's no little people, don't want to blow it, that Santa wasn't real, like way too early. I mean, wait, like I believe in, I believe in kind of limiting that, but we really blew her fairy tale two-year-old life apart when we 
told her, I mean, we had some major mistakes. Those are just the ones I feel comfortable sharing, you know? There's a whole lot of things I don't even want y'all to know about. But here's some wins. I used to make resurrection cookies. Do y'all know what those are? You make it, and then it, when it cooks the inside, I mean, y'all, I used to make resurrection cookies, and the kids remember it. So thank you, Lord. That's a win. And my children, they're compassionate, and they're gracious with people. I got a message from our sweet-ass burger kiddo on Tuesday night that said, I'm very interested. Does you guys know, anybody here know somebody that has Asperger? Okay, you're going to totally get this. Here's how. I'm very interested in spiritual gifts. Do you know anything about them? I do. I know a lot about them. I can even tell you where to go online to take a spiritual gift inventory. And, you know, he is, he loves the Lord in his own way, which looks really different than my relationship. But what a win is that. And there's been some other wins. But I think as, as a mom, it's really easy to start taking a tally and focusing more on the L's than the W's. And if I would have understood what God was doing, I would have just kind of let it all go. So that's the main takeaway. My topic today is do your work. And when I first read that, I was like, oh, that is so, that's hard because they're all moms of little people and they just need like, I need to get them and like tell them it's going to be okay. Like, so I'm getting y'all right now and I'm just saying it is going to be okay. But Do your work is important. And the more I wrestled with it this week, the more the Lord was like, that's your topic, and that's what I want you to talk to them about. So I looked up what do means, and do means perform or achieve. And your is personal, and work is a task or tasks to be undertaken. And so if you put all of that together, the message for today is perform your personal task. You're an individual. You have a calling for this season. And sometimes the things that God's calling you to are like humongous, and sometimes it's just getting the baby spit up out of the carpet. I mean, sometimes it's, man, I am not prepared to lead this endeavor that you're calling me to lead. And other times it's, can I just get a bra on to get to the doctor's appointment? I got a kid who's throwing up. And a lot of probably what you feel right now is kind of grinding it out. You know, you're just kind of grinding some of it out. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Some of it is just gutting it out. And yet the Lord sees you, and he's glorified in the big, the big things, and he's glorified in those little moments that no one else sees. When you're up at 1 a.m. and you are serving your children or your husband, the Lord sees, and that is also a work to be done that only you can do. And so I do want to encourage you, though, just you're uniquely gifted by the Lord. There are things that only you can do. And one of the best ways for you to get through this next, well, I don't think it ends. I mean, you've got a 34-year-old, and you're still parenting, right? Any, a 49-year-old. Are you still parenting? That's your baby. So who has the oldest kid here? 49? Or your... 51. 
51. And you're, I mean, you're, you're not parenting in the same way, but you're still parenting. Still parenting. <laughs> so listen, you are uniquely gifted. You have spiritual gifts and anointings and talents and interests. You have an educational situation and experiencing experiences growing up. And when you put all of that stuff together, you're who you are and you're nobody else. And there are things that only you can do. And so no matter how big or small the task is or how grinding it out this season feels like there is a kingdom assignment for you to do. But one of the best things I can encourage you to do is to be yourself. Please, please do not try to look like anybody else. Just do it your way. In fact, I was thinking about it this week. We got asked at our church to lead a WANA. Are y'all familiar with the WANA? I don't even know if it's still around, but it was back then. No, it isn't still around. Okay. Okay. All right. So they asked my husband to lead it, and then I was his helper, right? Oh, my word. Y'all, we... I have a degree in secondary education, which I know doesn't fit with interior design at all. But that was what my degree was in. And I'm certified to teach high school physics, chemistry, biology. I love high school people. I do not love two and three and four year olds. And for the longest time, when I was the mom of a two and three and four year old, I felt a lot of shame over that. And finally, one day, the Lord was like, just stop trying to be what you aren't. You're, doing, you're making resurrection cookies. You're doing good. You may not love it. It may not be natural. But you haven't walked away from this job that I've given you. And let me tell you what's happened. Now that my children are teenagers, I love this season. And my little friends who really loved like making Play-Doh, they're like calling me, would you please take my teenager on vacation with you? So you may not love this season and it is okay it is all right if you do not love to get on the floor and play with your children you're still gonna do it it is okay if you do not like to make play-doh you're still going to show them a wonderful life stress less about it be who you are don't feel badly if you don't look like the mom beside you because at some point you're gonna have an amazing moment that she's like just just be who you are and don't feel badly going back to Awana we were bad at it. We should not have said yes. We shouldn't have said yes. That whole year, the Lord was like, this is not what I've called you guys to do. And I should have known because I know who I'm good with. I, if everybody served the same group of people, we wouldn't get the kingdom work done. So some people really like old people. Some people really like young people. And some people really like teenagers and God uses all of that and so honor who you are and the unique way that he's put you together and being in touch with that will help you know in this season when you have such limited time it will help you know where to serve and it will help you not waste your time doing something that you think you're supposed to do because of the age of your children that you're actually not gifted called anointed you don't have the right experience do you know what I'm saying is it making sense I'm trying to just give you permission to just follow the Lord and not anybody else. How do you know what your gifting and callings are? How do we know that? We hear all the time, find, what, find your purpose. Sometimes I just want to roll my eyes at that, but that's a real thing. It is important to find your kingdom, your godly purpose. So how do you find it? Anybody know? 
How about there's no right or wrong answer? Okay, something you feel passionate about. That's always a good place to start. Something that's captivating you, for good or for bad. You know, like sometimes captivating is that you're in tears and the, and the floor over it. What else? Great. I think that's right. Where you're naturally gifted. Awana, no. High school, yes. I should have been teaching in the youth room, not in Awana. What else? Okay, you can take the spiritual gift inventory. You can also ask your friends, like, hey, what do you see in me that you think I would be effective for the kingdom? And you know what? The last thing, the thing we overlook all the time is ask the Lord. Just say to him, how can I serve you in this season of my life? How can I serve you? What does that look like? And then just listen for those little nudges, those little promptings, those times when somebody comes up and says, hey, I've been thinking about you, and I think you, you should volunteer. Or, and you're like, Lord, is that you? So ask him, and then listen for the answer. That's going to require that you spend some time listening, which I know is hard in this season to find the time to listen. But he will find you. In fact, I want to tell you all this cool story. Probably two years ago, I was kind of running. I was kind of running a little bit from the Lord. Does that ever happen to y'all? I was still actively loving him, but I was just busy. I just was busy. And I'd kind of go by my, my Bible, and I would just kind of be like, I love you. I got things to do. And I'm sorry. And he didn't, I'm, he wasn't, he still was in love with me in that moment. And I was sitting at a stoplight, the one at McDonald's, you know, right there by like Sam's and Walmart and Lowe's. And I was at that, that stoplight by McDonald's and I was just sitting there like, well, I really have, you know, I need to get on with it. And I heard him say, you know, not audibly, but just in my spirit, like, I'll find you at the stoplight if I have to. And then he told me something. Like, he, he told me, like, something I needed to start praying about. And I was like, y'all, God is crazy about you. Your performance isn't what gets you in with the Lord. It is a, it is a relationship with him and a heart that's bent towards him. And even in my running, he found me and told me what he needed me to know. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to I'm going to try to stop. I'm going to try to carve out some time and start spending time with you. And the bottom line is if you ask God what you're supposed to be doing, he will find you. If, if he, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to just cling. Do you know, you know that little, wait, I got to stay here. This is so hard. I totally want to be like doing figure eights. And you know that little thing and the monkey has the symbols in it. You, this is not your Christianity. Clinging, just like just, here I am, here I am. He has things for you to do that require your individual personality, and he will find you even when you're doing the wrong thing. When you're running, he will find you. I also just want to say that your purpose and your calling, it might, it probably should kind of scare you a little bit, but it also should delight you. And so please don't run from something he might be asking you to do because it seems overwhelming. That's a really great place to be because then you have to put full dependence in him. If you can get it done on your own, 
you can get it done on your own. But if it's one or two steps past what you can do, then you have to rest in his arms. And so even with little people at home, when he is saying, do your work, it, it might scare you a little bit, and that's okay. But it also should delight you. It also, it also should give you, like, you should also feel like, I've got to go do it. Okay. I also just want to point out that there's three categories of work that the Lord was kind of revealing to me. Because when we think of work, we're all thinking of something. And it's going to be different for everyone in here. But there's actually a couple different categories that I want us to think about. And one is physical work, one is mental work, and one is spiritual work. And so for this season of your life, the physical work would be like, where do I go? What do I do? What am I doing with my physical body? Laundry, meal prep, going to a job. Like, what physical work do I need to be doing? The mental work could be healing wounds, y'all. That is work. That's the, one of the best works that you could do for your family in this season is if you need it, find a Christian counselor and go. Work on forgiveness. Heal wounds. Do the mental work. If that's what God is calling you to do, then do it. It will require courage. But man, ultimately you will parent so much better. And then there's spiritual work. Be in the word. Listen to praise music. Pray. That's the spiritual work that's involved. You know, God may be calling you to lead a Bible study or to lead something in the community. I don't, I don't know what he might be asking you to do, but it can fit into a bunch of different categories and whatever it is that he's asking you to do. Your family, your people are going to be so blessed if you will say yes. And I also want to say this. You're not in over your head. You're not in over your head because God sees you and he's designed you right now for this season with these precious people and the things that he's calling you to do. You are equipped to handle it. You're equipped to handle the kid with Asperger when there was no help. You're equipped to handle the issues that your children have. You're equipped to handle your unbelieving husband. You're equipped to handle the needs of the people around you. You are equipped to handle your ailing parents who are also pushing on you. You're equipped to handle the job that you're about to take that's going to be outside your home that you're concerned about. You are not in over your head. I mean, you might be, but you're not ultimately because this is the one who's, who's chartering your plane. And so don't give in to the temptation to just get, you know, this. You know what this means. I don't have to put a word to this because we all know what it is. Just don't do it. Just resist that temptation because God is with you. And then lastly, the last thing I'm going to say is, oh, and I'm saying this to myself too, just don't compare. I sort of alluded to it at the beginning, but everybody's work's going to be different and it's all going to require a lot of grit and a lot of courage and just don't compare. There's this awesome verse, Galatians 6, 4, and 5, and it says, each one should test his own actions. And then he can take pride in himself without comparing to anybody else, for each should carry his own work, the work given to us. Like, her job is different than hers. And so if they're sitting there and Effie's thinking, well, I don't quite measure up, or I'm not doing as much as she is, or she, da, 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 da. oh gosh, y'all, comparison doesn't work. Here's why it doesn't work. Because you either feel better about yourself, which isn't good for you, or you feel worse about yourself, which isn't good for you. 
It just doesn't work either way, and it is so tempting. It is an act of, it is a, an assignment from the enemy against us when we start comparing ourselves. It is, a, it is the work of the enemy, and we will have to always resist that. So I've been studying Galatians. I've actually been writing a Bible study on Galatians, and we're doing it Monday nights at um, one city, and I'm like barely one. I'm literally like two inches ahead of them. I should be six weeks ahead of them. But the way that it's working, I am like typing the, the lesson like two hours before I got to give it to them. Can anybody relate to that feeling? That's a bad feeling, isn't it? When you are like, oh, oh, oh. and so I'm studying the Greek and I'm studying the Hebrew and I'm having so much fun like licking into it and then showing up and like acting like it was no big deal. And I was just writing it 45 minutes ago. And this is the thing about Galatians that I just love because Galatians says you cannot add to any of the work of Christ on the cross. We cannot add to it. We could become believers through Jesus Christ through accepting of his precious gift and that's it. It's not on our own accord and I have been so convicted of just how many times I kind of try to make my work somehow qualify me for something from the Lord that I'm already qualified for because I'm a child of God. And so as I'm wrapping up, I want to take a little bit of the pressure off. Yes, please do your work. There are things that only you can do. But if we look at Galatians, Galatians is it's against earning, but it isn't against effort. Your relationship with the Lord and the relationships in your life, they will require effort. And you will need to do mental, physical, and spiritual work to keep it rolling. But the bottom line is, God is not condemning you. That is from the scriptures. He might convict us every now and then, hey, like me, sitting at the light. He's like, girl, I need you to come on back around. But I knew immediately I was loved by him so deeply, I didn't feel like that I had to. Like condemnation is, you know, that feeling of shame and guilt, and that's not from the Lord. When I had a, um, Miller, our first kiddo, uh, we lived in Dallas, and I remember telling my pastor's wife, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to keep being able to do my Bible study and how I'm going to be able to keep praying because, I mean, how am I going to be able to keep doing that? And I was kind of confessing. I was kind of saying to her, don't. Don't count on me to be doing this because I'm a little worried about it. And I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to get all this done. And she just said, hey. I remember she even like reached over in a weird kind of mother way, but it was kind of awesome. She kind of tucked my hair behind my ear. Like, watch. And I was like, we're having a moment. She said, listen. You are honoring and worshiping the Lord every time that you look in that baby's eyes and you hold him and you pray over him or you just look at him and you thank God for him. Like that can be your worship for this season. And I was like, can it? Is she right? She's my pastor's wife. I should probably listen to her. Is that right? Lord, can I just look at him? Like, do I have to achieve, 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 perform? Claim my monkey symbols. And you know what? Effort is good, but earning is not. And I knew that in that moment, the Lord was just saying to me, be with your baby. Let this go. There, you may not be able to open your Bible for a few weeks, but you'll get back to it. And who knew, someday, not that much later, I'm writing Bible studies. So I also just want to take a little pressure off as I'm saying, do your work because it's important and there are kingdom assignments only you can do. I'm also saying, 
seek the Lord, ask him what your purpose is, and forgive yourself if you just can't get it all together in this moment. God will chase you, he will find you, he will find you at a stoplight. And for this season, you have been honorably equipped to do the work that only you can do. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been so fun. I tell you this, I'm kind of glad I don't have preschoolers anymore because I wasn't very good at it. But I just want for you to know that even in that statement, God redeemed it. And I have these two amazing teenagers who, they're amazing. And they're only amazing by the grace of God. And it certainly wasn't anything that I did because I wasn't even very good at it. He will watch and honor and protect your children as well. Jeremiah 29 11 is proof of that if you wonder. Okay. Thank you guys for having me.